in the eleventh hour of that day, I walked home over the Penny Bridge that crossed the west float of the Birkenhead Docks to my Nana's house in the north end. The only sound was the dull clang of my own footfalls on the metal grate above black water. I'd kept my Friday night date to sing a few songs at the lamplight, a folk evening lodged within the Remploy Social Club, which was attached to a factory staffed by people with disabilities. I have no memory of what I may have sung that evening. I was probably in shock. I couldn't sleep that night. I spent the fearful waking hours cursing Sister Philomena, remembering how she had come into a class of eight and nine-year-olds and told us, by the time you reach 30 years old, not all of you will be alive. I suppose this was just a melodramatic way of giving us some sense of mortality and responsibility for our eternal souls. When I think of it now, I can only imagine how very young and inexperienced she must have been, just accidentally cruel and not meaning to wield the legendary lash of the Catholic fear. By Sunday night, Sister Philomena was proven to be correct. Our friend never woke up. There was an old-fashioned open casket viewing at his house. I got to the door of the front room and could enter no farther than to glimpse his waxy forehead, sealed lashes, and painted lips. I had nothing to offer the abject tears of the family, or his distraught mother at the graveside, who managed to say, Good night, God bless, as if she were putting her child to bed. The doctor had given me some blue pills. I don't know if we were all in the same chemical fog. Six of us carried him out of the church on our shoulders without breaking down. A week after the funeral, I found a tattered sheet of folded paper tucked inside a small notebook in my blazer pocket. It was the lyrics to John Lennon's Working Class Hero, which Tony had meticulously written out for me in an erratic hand with a leaking biro in an attempt to persuade me that I should sing it. I said I didn't think I qualified for the title, and for that matter, neither did John Lennon. Tony loved lying about fucking peasants. I think because nobody had ever sung fucking on a record before, and there are people in Liverpool who can insert five fucks into a three-syllable word if they've got a point to make. Not quite two months later, on April 28th, 1972 to be precise, my singing partner, Alan Mays, and I played support to a psychedelic folk trio called the National Acoustic Band. The show was at Corey Bank, John Lennon's old school, I thought about Tony and our almost comical debates about whether the recently released Imagine was a load of bullocks or a work of genius and arguing the merits.
and authenticity of working class hero and arguing about the somewhat surprise to find that Nakori Bank was a nice middle-class grammar school with a pleasant bit of greenery around it. it was surely nothing like our grim Victorian red brick monstrosity at the top of Islington rising out of Liverpool city center. I suppose the teachers were doing their best. I wouldn't have wanted to drill an appreciation of the poetry of Gerard Manley Hopkins into our unwilling heads. They taught us about sprung rhythm and made us recite. Glory be to God for dappled things, for skies of couple color as a brinded cow. The only holy cow I wanted to hear about was the one on that Lee Dorsey record. 